And now, several hours later, as David Kaufman stood alone in the dark, silent living room, the whisper grew louder, becoming a more familiar voice, the one that always filled his head and swelled his heart to breaking. Daddy, Daddy, I'll be good, I promise. Please, please. He approached the overstuffed chair from behind, reaching out to its back to steady himself. He had not bothered to turn on a light. Across the room on the mantel he heard the clock ticking. Outside a faint stirring of wind chimes. He caught the shadowy movement of the cat, her cat, scurrying past him and up the stairs to safety. David hated this room, tried his best to avoid it. The memories were too painful. As bad as the upstairs bathroom, its lock still broken from when he'd busted through to find her opening her veins the first time. Daddy! David closed his eyes against the memories, but he could still hear her feet scuffing carpet, attendants muffled grunts as they grabbed her flailing arms, pinning them to her side, and, of course, her pleas. I'll do better. I, I promise. Please don't make me go. Images strobed in his head. Flying hair, twisting body, kicking feet, the appearance of a pearl-white syringe. Emily's eyes widening in panic. Daddy, no! To help you relax, the attendant had said. Don't let them take me! She no longer sounded sixteen. She was four, five, so helpless. Daddy! Daddy! He leaned against the chair, his throat tightening. Daddy! That was the deepest cut of all. The word, Daddy. Protector, defender, Daddy. The one who always made things right. That was the word that had gripped him in Walmart. The word that sucked breath out of him every time he heard it. That drew tears to his eyes before he could stop them. Even in front of Luke. He tried his best not to cry when he was with his son. The boy had been through so much already. What he needed now was stability, and David was the only one who could provide it. Now, if his twelve-year-old saw tears, it could spell weakness, and weakness would mean things were still out of control. No. No, now more than ever, Luke needed to know things were returning to normal, that there was someone he could depend upon. But David was by himself now, alone. Luke was upstairs sleeping, or more likely working on the Internet, while Graham snored quietly just down the hall. Emily's voice returned, softer, thicker the drug taking its effect. Daddy? Just a few weeks, honey, he had promised. You'll get better, and then you can come home. He remembered her eyes, those startling violet-blue eyes, eyes so vivid that people assumed she wore colored contacts, eyes glassing over from the drug, eyes once so full of anger and confusion and accusation, and, and this is what always did him in, eyes that at that moment had been so full of trust. He had held her look. Then slowly, with the intimacy of a father to his daughter, he gave a little nod, his silent assurance. And she believed him. She still sobbed, tears still ran down her cheeks, but she no longer fought. In that single act, that quiet nod, her daddy told her everything would be all right. And she trusted him. She trusted him. David leaned forward onto the back of the chair, tears falling.
He remembered the front door opening, bright sunlight pouring in, flaunting its cheeriness. I'll be right behind you, he had promised. Grams and I will be in the car right behind you. She could no longer wipe her nose. She could only nod and mumble, Okay. The last word she'd ever spoken in the house. Okay. I believe you. Okay. I'm depending on you. Okay. I trust you. David dropped his head against the chair. He was trembling again, trying to breathe. The house was asleep and he was alone. Where are you, baby girl? He whispered hoarsely. Just tell me. Let me know so I can help. The screen door groaned. He looked up and quickly wiped his face. Now, this was no memory. The boy was here. He'd called half an hour ago, asking if he could come over. David straightened himself, listening. There was a tentative knock. He took a breath and ordered his legs to move. Somehow they obeyed. He reached out to the cold door. He took another breath, wiped his face, and pulled it open. The boy wore a gray sweatshirt with the word Panthers and red paw prints across his chest. He was tall and lanky, around six feet, with curly brown, unkept hair. Long, dark lashes highlighted even darker eyes. His chin was strong and his nose slightly large, almost classical. David blinked. In many ways he was looking at a younger version of himself, back when he was in high school. He forced a smile. Rory. Corey, the boy corrected. His voice was clogged. He coughed slightly and plumes of uneven breath came from his mouth. Well, David opened the door wider as if to an old friend. Come in. The kid swallowed. Uh, no, thanks. I, I gotta... He shifted. Uh, I, I gotta be going. David's heart both sank and eased. Though he wanted this confrontation more than anything, he also feared it. This was the famous Corey. Corey the sensitive. Corey the, you'll really like him, Dad, he's just like you. Corey, the boy Emily couldn't stop talking about the last few times he'd visited her at the hospital. And now the same Corey had come to meet the parents. A bit ironic, maybe even macabre. But better late than never. With long, delicate fingers, the boy produced a cloth-covered notebook. This is, uh, what I was telling you about. He cleared his throat again. <clears throat> I know she'd want you to have it. David took it into his hands, but he barely looked down. Instead, he was drinking in every detail of the boy, every nuance, those long, dark eyes, the frail shoulders under the too-big sweatshirt, his nervous, painful energy. He'd just been released from the hospital the day before yesterday, and, if possible, this meeting seemed even harder on him than David. She left it in my room the night she, she uh... He lowered his head, examining the porch. David nodded, watching. He looked at the notebook. It was six inches long, four wide, and nearly an inch thick. The cover was pale pink with a white iris on the front. It felt like silk. He stared at it a long moment. The boy shifted. Coming to, more on autopilot than anything else, David repeated, uh, You sure you don't want to come in? Uh, no, 
The boy cleared his throat again. Uh, no, thanks. He motioned over his shoulder to a van that was idling. I've got uh, people waiting. Oh, uh, right. Hiding his neediness, David forced a shrug. Uh, well, maybe we can have coffee together or something sometime, if, if you want. Corey glanced up to him. I'd like that. His eyes faltered, then dropped back down. Speaking softer now and still to his shoes, he added, She was pretty amazing. I mean, I, I never met anyone like her. Never. He took a breath and looked up. David saw the sheen in the boy's eyes, felt his own starting to burn. Yeah. Corey glanced away, studying the porch light above them. So, uh... David came to his rescue. I'll uh, give you a call next week. How does that sound? Corey gave the slightest nod. David watched, waiting. As if he'd completed an impossible mission, the boy took a deep breath and blew it out. He nodded more broadly and turned to start down the walk. David watched, absorbing everything. Halfway to the street, Corey paused and turned. I just, uh, he cleared his throat. It, it just doesn't, you know, seem right. David swallowed, then nodded. I mean, she was getting so strong, so healthy. She was really happy, Mr. Kaufman, the happiest I've ever seen her. David wanted to respond, but he no longer trusted his voice. Corey shook his head. It just doesn't... Things just don't seem right. With that...